Welcome to Pin the Q Productions. If you are interested in the culture of the fire service and keeping tradition alive, you have come to the right place. Now sit back and relax with your brothers and sisters and enjoy the show. Be sure to like and subscribe on all social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. For more information on Pin the Q Productions, visit www.pintheq.com. Hey everyone, welcome back to Pin the Q Productions, and we are in Allentown, New Jersey for episode 41. Uh, what we're going to do in a moment is we're going to walk inside and meet a lot of the individuals that have this museum active. And when I say active, I mean active. We have a garage uh, right over my right shoulder that has a bunch of apparatus in it from yesteryear till today. Um, very interesting stuff. For example, the one I'm sitting on right now, this beautiful Han from Union uh, in Belmar, New Jersey. So we have a lot to show you. Looking forward to going inside, so come with me. Let's check out what's inside. My name is Dave Napier, first vice president of the New Jersey Fire Engine and Equipment Museum and the Fallen Firefighters Memorial. Great, here to help you out. I appreciate it, and we uh, we certainly appreciate being welcomed into your facility. A lot of good stuff going on. We uh, Chris and I got an opportunity to walk around, and Chris even got to uh, see his old rescue, which we're going to see shortly, which is pretty cool for us to walk in and see that rescue there. Uh, kind of synonymous with the whole Manitou Park Fire Company. So we'll talk about that. Tell me what this uh, outside area is where we're standing in right now, and specifically this truck. Well, this truck was one of the first donation equipments to the uh, fire engine museum. And it was given to us before we had this facility at uh, the old Princeton nursery site in Allentown. And it was uh, given to us through much work with the, the state and the county freeholders and the uh, county park systems that we were able to acquire this area to store these trucks. So when you first, you're saying one of this is one of the newer, uh, the first pieces you ever got here? One of the first pieces we had, and before we had the facility, we stored it in various uh, places around town. I'm gonna kill that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh, and for a while it was stored up in New York State until we got this facility and could bring uh, these pieces all down into one place. What's it mean for, for you and other people, a part of this association and a part of this museum, to have these pieces here and have these fire companies giving you these pieces? It keeps the history. I'm a history buff, and it keeps the history of A, the fire department, and B, the fire service as a whole, on what is happened before and what is, is there today. And you'll be surprised that uh, this is a 1250 that you have some 500 gallon per minute pumpers out there that were done by hand. Right. Uh, and the evolution has come a long way on why we do things today is historically significant. I personally think and, uh, that this is vital to firefighting, the fire service itself, and especially the new firefighters coming into the service now to know about their history. 
if you don't know your history, how are you going to go forward? And uh, I think that what you're doing here is such a great thing for the fire service because it allows people to see exactly yes. what you said. They get to see where it all started. Well, it, it, people will say, well, we have a triple combination pumper. Right. Uh, what does that mean? Well, if we go into the old places, I'll explain to you how we got to be a triple and a quadruple and a quint and all those different languages that people use today and have no way of knowing on how it came about. And this is how it came about. So you're capturing our history, maintaining it, which we're going to talk about. And then on top of that, allowing people an opportunity to come into this facility and see exactly what happened years before. Exactly. Uh, we have some pieces that you'll see later on that were way, way back. And uh, our earliest piece, I do believe, is 1805. Wow. And uh, people say, how did you put out the fires? Well, You're going to find it out. It was uh, Armstrong <laughs> power steering is how we put out the fires. Uh, right, right. And back in the day, uh, the fire departments were a social part of the network of the community. And we had up to 100 people in the company. In a little while, I'll show you why you need 100 people. And, uh, and, and today with the quints and the quads and all that, uh, it's, it cut down, but it's still the same thing. What does it mean for you personally to be involved in all this? Oh, I've been involved in collecting fire trucks since the uh, early 70s. And I started in the fire service in Neptune Township uh, in Hamilton Fire when I was about 19. And uh, the trucks I rode on <laughs> are now museum pieces. That's and, cool. uh, uh, it, it's, it's sort of a full circle and uh, tells me where I started right. and where everybody starts really. And um, the dedication of the people that are here. Right. Uh, if you look out, the, uh, there's a line of cars out there, yep. the amount of people that are here that dedicate their Saturdays and Sundays and uh, in preparation to open house, we'll be here for almost all week long, and uh, same as we did for you guys. And if you said it best, you know, best you said it best. You sum everything up by dedication because it takes that to be here. I mean, everyone who's here, everyone we met today, wants to be here. <laughs> they do. <laughs> they, they promise to double our salaries, uh, to, but it'll still be zero. Right, right, right. <laughs> so it's it's an advance on a raise that you'll never get. Yeah, like it, it, yeah. It, but uh, when you see. I'm going to reference that truck right there because right. we're going to see a truck that came out of the same livery and the dis difference between that truck and the trucks that's inside shows the dedication of the one family that took that truck and made it what it is today. That's great. Well, listen, I'm really excited to go see what we're going to see. So follow us. We're going to go inside that and check it out. Okay. So we made our way inside to the garage area. Uh, you'll notice that there's a lot of pieces in here. We're going to be able to show you some of these. And we're going to start right here uh, with some of the oldest and coolest pieces in this museum. So I'm looking at this amazing piece, and you told me something pretty cool about this off camera, and that is that this was actually horse-drawn first. Yes, it was. So that's, that's pretty amazing that they took this uh, once pulled by a horse and now changed it to, to a tractor. So talk about that a little bit. It was probably pulled by a three-horse hitch because it's uh, a heavy unit. Yeah. And the way they uh, they put them in the stations, stations were specifically con uh, constructed that these were hooked up to the steam system in the stations to keep the water at least hot. And en route, the engineer would be back there building a new fire. 
and it was put on a ramp. So the horses started, this thing came out and they had their full head of steam. But as they, uh, it wore on, they found out the horses needed hay, feed, and somebody to take care of them. And this only needed gasoline and somebody that could drive it. So they, in their early 20s, uh, late teens, they switched them over. Wow, and uh, became, these weren't too much faster than the horses, but we didn't have to feed it too much either. Yeah, or clean up poop, which is always a, yeah, which is always a positive. <laughs> well, they always use that in the garden. <laughs> see, there's a, see, that's why firemen are so unique, because they know how to adapt and deduce things with everything, right? So yep. that's good stuff. So this piece is just one piece of many in his collection. And I'm taking a look at this one here from Harrisburg, uh, Virginia, which is also a really, really cool piece. Um, what was the history behind this? Is this there, uh, they, both of these came from the Henry Day collection. Okay. Both of them, one was uh, uh, made by different manufacturers than the other one, but they're both of them started out as a horse drawn. These wheels are about a thousand pounds a piece. Wow. So uh, you wouldn't know by looking at it. I know they're they're solid. They're very solid. Uh, the only thing wrong with that is if they got up a hill and they came down a hill, their brakes weren't as good as they are today. And it took a little while to stop. Uh, but they had all the all the stuff worked out and uh, it, it worked for, some of these were in service all the way up to World War II. Wow, that's incredible. And it's cool that you were able to capture that piece of history right here in this building and people will be able to see that. We're very thankful for the Ernie Day to have that foresight to be able to pick them up and collect them when he did. Good thing for him because uh, he is a huge part of this this process. Oh, he is the. Uh, uh, I wish you could have met Ernie. I met him once, and he was very knowledgeable and very. He was a excellent salesman uh, in the state of New Jersey, and he sold many different types, and he had his own brand. Uh, he sold so many of uh, Howell apparatus that he had his own brand called Great Eastern. And there's still a lot of great Eastern pumpers around today. Uh, that's incredible. I, I love hearing things like that. It's, it's pretty cool. And then, and, you know, to pass that on to you guys and to, the, to us, really, to us. So we had an opportunity to, uh, to see these very pieces right here. So cool. Glad we're going to have you here. Oh, I'm, we're glad to be here. And we're going to continue on and look at some more pieces. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Follow us. So as we move on into this collection, one of the other pieces I ran across was this English Town Fire Department piece. And, uh, I look at it, it looks like a field truck or a brush truck wherever you're at in the state. Um, but you told me something pretty cool about this truck and that is that it's uh, what? Well, you'll meet the gentleman later on, it's uh, Skip. This was, he was chief of the English Town Fire Department when they got it and this was his chief's car. So at one time, this cool power wagon was a chief's, chief's truck. car. And now it's uh, a brush or field truck, which is cool. So these are the neat pieces, but what's more important is the history behind these pieces, which is right. a cool part of it. And that, when you told me that, I thought like, that's pretty cool, you know? And then it's great that he's here. Right. And at any time he can come out here and see his old chief truck, which is pretty yeah. cool. Yes, it is. So yeah. we're gonna we're gonna walk this way and take a look at some of the cool things we have here. There's so much to cover. So we have uh, Lawrence Fire Department, which is a really cool piece. Yes, it's got a chemical tank on the top. We're passing a, a ladder truck. Or now it was, was horse strong. It's so heavy, but that's the second part of your triple combination pumper. Gotcha. And behind us is the hose wagon, which is the third part. Uh, so that's where you get your... Uh, now, do you bring these pieces to different musters and, and that, that type of thing, or...? 
they just have to come here to see these? They have to come here to see it because uh, that, although it looks very nice, is very heavy. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. And uh, we also uh, have to be very careful about because this belongs to the state collection. Okay. And uh, taking it someplace is is kind of uh, risky without their approval. So we bring it out in uh, open house. Right. And let the people see it in its all its glory. This may sound like a silly question, but I mean, obviously you have that large field there. Do you ever bring horses here and attach them to these pieces and bring them out by horse? We have thought about that. And last year we were uh, pretty close to getting a team in here. But you have to understand that has a gong on it. And if you don't have horses that are used to gongs, may lose the whole wagon and whatever the horses uh, go because once they panic yeah uh, they're gone that's why I asked because it, you know there's <laughs> there's so much that goes into this it's not just what you see like you just think the novice would just think oh yeah you just put a horse on there and bring it out like myself no, but they, uh, it's interesting they, uh, it's, it's sort of like the Central Park uh, buggies you just can't take a horse from down there and take it up to Central Park right one horn blow that would be interesting gone. yeah <laughs> the one i wanted to show you is way in the back there right. that, that green truck is was the sister truck of the the union carbide that is out there and they both look the same color and one family took it onto their own and made it look as great as it does now that to me is what's so cool about this place um and i'd follow you you guys on instagram so i was able to see some of what's going on and the cool part about it is seeing that yellow truck back there, which is very difficult to see, but we'll show you pictures. What's great about that is that it comes here like that. <laughs> and then in a short time, it looks like the truck outside that, that we're gonna like showcase, which is incredible. And, uh, and again, that goes back to what we said earlier with the dedication that explains it great because you come here, get some people together, volunteer their time, give up a couple weekends. And next thing you know, you have something really cool that people can see. So, and again, that just moves right on. You have, this, what is this amazing piece right here? That, that's the tail end, the tractor on that, it's a 1935 American La France tractor trailer, right. uh, tillered. And the tractor right now is down in Tuckerton at Lee's Emergency Service. He's working on that too. Yeah, yeah. hopefully he said that. But uh, personally, I can tell you, we moved this, uh, we stored it for a year in my barn and then I'm, we moved it in January, and I can tell you from personal experiences, from sitting back there, it's cold. Oh, <laughs> it was very cold. We have uh, Ray from the show is a tillerman in Harrison, and uh, he's he's a tillerman. He loves it, and uh, we're definitely going to show him that piece. Ray, you missed out, buddy. You should have saw that piece. <laughs> yes, we're going to keep moving on. Yes. So you have uh, Warren Grove, which Warren is a Grove, pretty cool we piece. Down, that, that a couple of years ago, they, they uh, donated that. It was unable to move from Sandy, so uh, when we went down to look at it, you could get in. I got underneath it and saw where the water went to, and uh, we brought it up here, and it had gotten into more than we had originally thought, but it took the, the guys pretty close to a year, year and a half, to get it to run where it does. And a couple months ago, Instagram showed it coming out under. Uh, yeah, I saw that video. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, that was the same group that got the other one to run. That's great. 
And the cool thing about this, you know, as we walk here and you, you see me looking uh, to my right, there's just so many pieces in here that it's really hard to cover each and every piece. But what's unique about it is the, the timeline. What's so unique is the timeline. If I, if I sit in here, it's like literally walking in, walking through history. It's walking, awesome. Walking away in history. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's incredible. And, you know, we're all firefighters on this show. And uh, for me personally, I can tell you that it's, it's, a, it's a great experience for me to see what my brothers before me drove. dealt with, yeah, drove, dealt with, handled, yeah. acquired. Um, Ocean Grove. Ocean Grove's a tillered ladder, and uh, she has uh, problems because of the humidity in the area. The breaks uh, every now and then go on, but this is one of the first units we got also, and uh, we're grateful to have it. Uh, another tiller, right? Another Just tiller. You, you missed out, right? <laughs> Uh, this one's a little bit warmer because it's got a shield. The other one doesn't have any face shield or foot shields. And, right. Uh, this so one we got two protection. years ago. This Totowa squirt we got two years ago. Yeah, let's uh, take a look at that. It's oh, pretty incredible. She was a good runner until uh, we had a little problem with it. And and, and that's the, some of the things we need help with is being able to afford to buy pieces for it. Uh, uh, Which brings me to a great point, and this is probably a great time to cover that. And ladies and gentlemen, when you're looking at these pieces and you're looking through this museum and, and you see the amount of work they put into this and, uh, and the personal uh, time away from families to be here and dedication that we keep speaking about, this is all ran by donations. Um, so if you're out there and you're looking at this and, and you want to contribute and you want to help, uh, what better way uh, but to donate to this amazing place so you can, like he said, I mean, it, as you know, the American La France is no more, That's so right. it can't be easy to find pieces for, for her. No, right? No. Um, so those <laughs> donations are, are a big, big deal. But it, it is a it is a beautiful piece. It is, and she uh, she ran right until she got within ten miles of the place and said she didn't want she wanted to go home or she wanted to. <laughs> so uh, they had to park it in a fire department's parking lot and and towed it the rest of the no way. No kidding! Wow. So, uh, it, it's beautiful. I, I love the fact that, it, that it's here. Oh, it's and a we have beautiful truck. Weartown. Uh, we have an engine here from Weartown, which is cool. Let's look at this. That's a Ward of France, and that's not made anymore either. Right. It's about a, a 1956 or 55. And we got that several years ago, and they delivered it. They were happy to have it uh, here. And this was a Ward of France corner because that came out of Whitehorse a couple of years ago. It was another Ward of France, but that's in the late 40s. And there was a state-owned Ward of France right in front of it, and that's a, at one of our members' houses now being rejuvenated and fixed. Uh, it's incredible. And, and the truck that's just on the other side of Whitehorse uh, is a, a huge tanker that we, we got out of uh, Lacey Township. Uh, and I've seen pictures of that in, uh, on the Internet. It's not pictures from here, it's someplace else. So for those that are interested, it's here. Yeah, actually, we're gonna talk about Fork River Truck. I know uh, 6008 pretty well. That's a, that's a cool piece. And being from Ocean County, that piece, uh, 
everyone knows a Fork River tanker because when you hear that, when you hear her coming, you know oh, she's coming. She, she um, has a distinctive sound. Yes, she does. But th that's an incredible piece. So what we're going to do now is we're, we're going to continue on and just show you some more stuff. All right, guys. So normally I'm the one behind the camera, but we're going to change it up a little bit because this, uh, this piece here has a little bit of uh, a personal value to me. So Dale, this is uh, this was Manitou Park's uh, E1 rescue, right? That's um, correct. And I happened to be there that June day in 2015 when you took it out of our firehouse. Mm -hmm. um, this happened to be the, the first uh, fire truck from Manitou Park that I rode on as a junior member. Um, it was our 1804, it served us since 1988 up until 2015 when, uh, when Dale here came to pick it up. And uh, now it's a part of the museum, huh? Yes, uh, I was using it to uh, pull that equipment trailer over there and my 1940 GMC on top of it but uh, I had a stroke in 2017 and one of the first things my wife made me do was thin out the herd a little bit <laughs> I, I had I, too many pieces I, so I do remember that day and I'm glad to see that it's still here and and with the uh, with the paint scheme still which is very nice to see it's it's gonna get some love and tender care but there are always other things that are coming to the surface before we get a chance to work on it. Absolutely. The motor motor replacements in two of the trucks and All right. a bunch of other things. And I, I was looking over here, and I see you guys have a uh, forest fire power wagon over here as well. Yes, we do. That was a uh, that is on loan from the state forest fire service to us. Uh, it is still on their inventory. It's a state piece, and. Uh, we display it proudly, and uh, when we get, as I say, a little more time, we're going to go ahead and put the finishing touches on it. They were kind enough to get it in good shape before they presented it to us, but uh, right now we got the fuel tank out. We're replacing the fuel pump and a fuel pump relay, so that's this week's project. Awesome. Now, looking behind us, and me and Frank noticed this before, this just touches on how much work you guys do here. I see you have this piece here, uh, I believe from Ship Bottom. Yes, that's our, motor out of it. that's our newest acquisition. Uh, we got it and the motor had some serious damage to it. So uh, right away we pulled it apart and checked it all out and it's out being uh, machined right now. And uh, we got a call from the machine shop that it's pretty much done and we should be bringing it back this week. And again, that's gonna be a priority project to get the motor back in it. Dale, you're one that's responsible for a lot of the mechanics around here. How much time goes into doing this and picking this stuff up and putting it back together? Well, fortunately, after I had my stroke, I decided it was time to retire after 33 years as a police officer and then 15 years as a highway contract mail carrier. Wow. Uh, I said I'll go to work on fire trucks full time. Wow. Uh, so I partner with Ed Burge, who you'll see inside. We work at his shop four to five hours a day, Monday through Friday, and Saturdays we come out here. But most of the time we're working on a museum piece in his shop in Little Silver because it's easier for me to drive five miles to his shop than it is 40 some miles every day to come out here you waste an hour in transit each way. So uh, right. we can get five hours of solid work in without any travel. So as you guys can see, a lot, of, a lot of time, a lot of work goes into this. These guys take pride in the mechanics and, and the upkeep of these trucks. Uh, like I said, it was great to see this, this piece here, which was 
the first piece of apparatus I ever took a ride on, so it's great to see that you have it and you're well, that taking was, good care of it. That was a diesel and an auto automatic, so that made it particularly uh, appealing to me. So continuing this collection here at this museum is this piece right here, which we spoke a little bit off camera about 100 people needed for one fire, which is mind boggling, right? <laughs> so when I think about 100 people, we're gonna get explained right now why that is. So talk to me about this awesome piece of Washington Fire Company. It is a, a hand pumper, as you can see, and it's about an eight to 10 person per side hand pumper. And if you start putting it up and down, it, wow. and that's not even pushing water, you've got the same number of people on the other side, and if they set up a nice rhythm, they could last maybe 20 minutes. So that means if your fire lasts more than 20 minutes, you need a whole new set of people to come in. And then a whole new set of people to have that because they never put out some of those fires in 20 minutes. So you need about 100 people to do an hour's worth of firefighting. That's incredible. It also had a hard suction where it could put out of a, a cistern, a, a pond, a stream, and really there's buckets on each end that the people while it's going up and down could put the buckets in if they couldn't get it out of the water. And that's, in the colonial days, it was required to have a couple things in your home. One of them is a fire bucket, and the other is a musket with enough and provisions for enough for three days. So everybody came out to the fire to, with their bucket. Think about that. I mean, like, put that in perspective to today, right? <laughs> so if you're gonna sell your home and you need to get a CO to sell your home, you need a fire extinguisher, right? So in these days, the colonial days, you need a bucket. It's so funny how it's, you know, it's, it it's unbelievable, around. you know, how it, it changes. But just to give you perspective, we just lifted this and, and pushed it down. Now imagine doing that for 20 minutes. You're absolutely right. You would need to change yeah, it. Have a, have a, a synchronized, and this has no resistance on it except the leathers in the pump, which we're not supposed to really do because it hurts the leathers. But if you were pumping water, you would get the resistance on both sides because it's double. Uh, absolutely, not only that, but I'm only lifting with one hand. I mean, to do this right, you'd lift all the way up all right, all the way and up. all the way down. So I could see how this could be taxing. And, uh, you know, people of those days didn't complain either way. So no. <laughs> think about doing this for 20 minutes and then having to change out. So 100 people now makes perfect sense to me. That's, when you had said it. this to me, I'm thinking, what? 100 people? Um, but yeah, this is an incredible piece, uh, one that uh, it's an honor for me to be able to see this. I know uh, off camera, you know, Chris and I were kind of like at all walking around here looking at all these amazing pieces that you have here. One of the pieces I noticed that you discussed was, I mean, the woodworking, right? Discuss that with us. It, the intricacy and the detail that these people went up to uh, to show their pride in their machine that they had, they took the time to put all these little increments in there. They, the brass on the ends, the, the brass on the caps. They were very prideful of this, if that's a word, of this machine. Absolutely. And uh, they took uh, great care of it or we wouldn't have it today. And that speaks volumes about what we discuss all the time on the show, especially with our newer generation firefighters come in when we try to preach culture and we try to preach tradition and we pride, yes. pride in your company. You'll hear that all the time, hashtag, hashtag company pride and all that. Ladies and gentlemen, this is where it starts. That whole pride in the fire service starts with things like this. I mean, you know, like you had mentioned, and I agree 
you know, we'll show you that this is unbelievable. Yes, it's artwork. I mean, it's, is, it's, it's unbelievable, honestly. Tremendous. Just the artwork and the you know the amount of work they put into this to, uh, and it, this is before, <laughs> this is before vinyl companies and before all that. So before electric drills. Yeah, this and is they amazing. The hand draw, uh, drill everything. And, yeah. Uh, Phenomenal. It was uh, doing the metal. It was all. Yeah. With, uh, bending it out, they didn't have hydraulic presses. You said Armstrong have... before. I agree. Yes, it did. Not Armstrong. And uh, it, even even just as simple as this, this arm that comes down, make yeah. a pipe. You know, it's all, all done without the machines that we have today. And it's an honor for us to uh, to be able to show you, our audience, these amazing pieces. And uh, it's my hope that you'll come here yourself to uh, to see this amazing piece of history uh, captured right here in New Jersey. All right, so now I'm here with Judy, and Judy is a volunteer here at the museum. And Judy, it's my understanding that uh, we're, we're, first of all, we're here uh, at your, your Wildland or your Forest Fire display here. This is Smokey's Corner. Smokey's Corner, I like that. Only you can prevent wildfires, right? That's or it. Forest fire. So, Judy, it's my understanding that you have some background with uh, Wildland firefighting. I spent nine years in the state of Florida with a forestry and I had a fire tower and a quick response unit and team. Wow. Now, let me ask you, while, while you know, so our viewers can hear, what's the difference like wildland firefighting in Florida versus New Jersey? Do you know to see any difference? It's different all over. In Florida, we have a lot of palmetto okay. plants, which have roots that are can go underground and be monstrous. Right. And the fire can start in one area, Go through the, the turf, roots right? and, and I show I think us. I'm using my terms right, turfing. <laughs> It'll show up five, six miles away or more. Wow, that's crazy. So you could easily surround it down there. Right. And then you're in sugar sand, so right. that's another that's, problem. That's a problem. That, you know. <laughs> so why don't you just quickly explain some of the, the equipment that you've acquired here. Well, we have a lot more equipment coming. It hasn't gotten here yet that is for the forestry for New Jersey. Right. Okay, these are what we call Indian tanks. Okay. Uh, we carry them on our back. They're filled with water. It gives us limited water supply. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then of course we have the brooms and there will be rakes here and the shovels, right, you know, right, the right. normal stuff. This is one of the suits that you will wear. Um, now they're starting to wear like a jumpsuit that's right. fire retardant. Okay, so it's a lot lighter. It makes it a lot easier and a lot cooler, especially in hot areas. Right, I'm sure that the Florida humidity has is a lot when you got fire and, and humid air. Oh yeah, and you have that in New Jersey. It's right. just like out west where, you know, they're right. going to the lighter systems. Right, and now you uh, you do some firefighting here now in New Jersey as well? Yeah, uh, I have uh, 15 years out of Pennsylvania fire rescue paid EMS. Wow. Then I went to Florida, and now I'm back in back. English town at the volunteer company, and I've got 14 years in there. Wow. I well, aged myself. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's amazing, amazing work, and, uh, and I'm sure you've got a boatload of experience and history to tell us about this stuff, but I appreciate you taking your time to show us some of the stuff you acquired, and we look forward to seeing all the further pieces of equipment you We acquired. will have some more uh, signs, that, uh, boat posters, uh, that we have 
acquired. <laughs> and uh, two of them, the forestry doesn't even have a copy anymore. Wow. So, so people gonna... can definitely come here to see things that, that yes, aren't down there anymore. Well, Judy, it was great talking to you, and thanks for showing us around. We All appreciate right, it. Thank you. All right, guys, so now we are in the library portion of the museum, which uh, is, for me, extremely cool because I explained to you before my passion for books and, and fire resources. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Okay, uh, my name is Skip Carr, and I was given the responsibility from the board of directors in order to develop a library here. Uh, as a result of our mission statement from the organization, it states that we need to further education and there's two different ways to further the education through the use of the library. Obviously, to provide reference sources for uh, people who are studying uh, in order to further their career and so forth to obtain a higher level of, uh, of expertise. And secondly, to educate um, not just the fire service, but the people of New Jersey to the history of this organization, along with uh, presenting public education uh, training materials for senior citizens and children and so forth in order to lessen the fire damage in the United States, in particular in New Jersey. That's awesome. Now, Skip, tell me, how, how did this library come about? How, how did you obtain these resources that, that are on display here? Well, originally what we did when we first started this was a lot of the members of the board of directors had their own little library of a dozen books or so forth that they thought was important that uh, maybe uh, some other members of the family later on wouldn't think it was so important. So they, they donated them to the library to get started. And then I wrote, uh, because of my background involved in, in education, I've had uh, dealing with uh, a lot of publishers. So I wrote publishers and asked them if they could kind of give us a, a little bit of a seed start by providing right. us with some of their current materials, which they were gracious enough to do. And then over a period of time, as people saw that we were developing this, we've had uh, continual um, uh, supply of things that have come from different people that have visited uh, the museum and the library. So one of the things that we hope to do in the future is that uh, as we go further with the organization, we're going to have a full-time people that will be available where this library will be able to be a lending library as opposed to a resource library. But as I explained to you earlier, we've got some things here now that people are not going to be able to find That's in incredible. other places. Incredible. So. Some of the things you showed me that, I mean, it's just, you have awesome amount of resources here. And like I said, I'm a huge fire book guy, so I'm constantly looking to find books and you have things that are constantly sold out and not available. So Skip, let me ask you, if someone has, you know, books or resources that maybe they don't want or they're getting rid of, you guys will accept them as a donation? Absolutely, we look forward to that. And um, in particular, we want to further the history of the fire service in New Jersey. And I was looking after I spoke to you before, for instance, this one's firefighting by the seashore. This is a history of all the fire departments along the Jersey Shore from Atlantic City and Cape May and so forth right on up. And as far as I know, that's the only volume that there is out there that's available for it. We've got uh, two other volumes over there uh, that are actually dealing with uh, fire apparatus, strictly New Jersey fire apparatus. And then I don't know if you saw it in one of the, the display cases out front, 
There is an organization called Task Fire Equipment that uh, developed or built fire trucks for a number of years in New Jersey. And there's a history of that organization out there in, in, uh, uh, in a volume that people would have access to. Well, that's amazing, Skip. I, I'm so just amazed by what you've done in here. I could probably spend all day in here uh, going through the books. So I, I wish you guys well with it going forward. And um, you said you, you look to have a lending library in the future. So uh, from, from the looks of it here, you guys are going to succeed with that based on the materials that you have. Well, right now it's open uh, every Saturday. And uh, if anybody wants to come in to further their education and use the material here for reference, they're welcome to do so. All they have to do is contact somebody from the museum and we'll make sure that somebody's here and be able to provide them with the information they need. That's great. That's awesome. Well, Skip, thanks for taking time out of your day to, to show us this awesome stuff. Uh, I'll definitely be back to check out some of the stuff here and talk. I'll enjoy you. talking to you. Thank you. Thanks again. So as we finish off inside the museum, it brings us into the main lobby, if you will, which has a lot of old pieces. It has a lot of equipment, which uh, old steel Scots and really some really cool uh, MSA equipment from way back in the day. Uh, we'll show you some of those pictures of really cool stuff, but we're back and tell us a little bit about this room. Okay, th this room is where we have some of our larger exhibits. Right. Uh, this is really where we started to uh, put things out. If, if we look at this wall, it's, um, it shows the, um, the way fire alarms were transmitted uh, f throughout the 1800s and well into the 1900s, up until almost today. Right. It was interesting, Bob, this, uh, when I first joined the fire department uh, in 88, this was still an active thing in our fire department. We actually mm -hmm. were still using this. I mean, obviously we had plectrons and we had pagers, but right. this remained a working piece in our fire department. So when we had a call, not only did your, your minute or one pager, I'm showing my age, that brick we used to keep on our, on our belt, that would go off. And on top of that, what would happen is the horn system would activate, which would trip this. Then this yeah. tape reel would go and it would actually punch out the, the numbers, which is pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah so and it's, then it's you cool. Could, uh, look back and see right, right. what the alarms were by looking at the, the tapes. So if you're watching so. this, this uh, right now and you're new in the fire service, you have a much better appreciation of what it is today. I mean, you can go on your phone, you know, you have. I am responding, uh, some other apps are out there, and here it is, right here. Uh, this is how it started, so uh, very rudimentary, but it worked for them back then, and this is their early starts of how we got dispatched to fire calls. Yeah, these were actually used until basically phones, and especially cell phones, uh, replaced them. You know, they're right. no longer needed. Uh, these are, um, are more modern. That, that one is, is more modern. Before they actually had cylinders full of air, there were these containers which had chemicals that created uh, oxygen and that went into the, uh, into the, the mask that you put over your face. Well, I'm happy to report that I did not have to use this, okay? So everyone who always sends me messages tell me how old I am. I am happy to tell you, I never used one of these canisters to breathe there. However, this uh, steel bottle brings back very, very, very good memories, especially my elephant tubing uh, 
hose. I remember <laughs> oh, starting with my long coat, you know, my pull-up boots, and then I would take the hose and put it inside my jacket when I was out of here. <laughs> it's interesting. Fun stuff. So, and you have um, some of these, these awesome lids, these high-top eagles. Yeah, these uh, helmets um, are probably from the 1800s. This design was uh, developed uh, by a, a guy named Henry uh, Gratikap. Uh, from New York City Fire Department in 1836. And the idea was that there was a long brim in the back that would uh, guide hot water and embers uh, down your back uh, without going into your collar. Uh, the high top uh, on the helmets uh, supposedly was, uh, could be used to, to break window glass uh, obviously, the shield in the front was, was used to identify uh, the, uh, the member, yeah. the member, the company, and, and all of that. These two stovepipe helmets up top are uh, what was used before that. They provided very little protection. Also, of course, the helmet did uh, provide a lot of uh, protection for your head from falling stuff. Chris, maybe you should get one of these helmets for your uh, for your station. And we're gonna <laughs> as we move on. It's it's so cool to see the progression of things as we move along. And uh, these old photographs are amazing. Engine six, all these members. That's uh, so cool. What a nice piece of history. And this yes. is uh, Elizabeth Fire Department, 1925 Columbus Day. Uh, what an incredible photograph. Incredible. And this whole thing is uh, is filled. This glass is filled with photographs from all over the place. I mean, there's a chief here, uh, Isaac Van Hart, 1876, 1876. Here's another photograph of Elizabeth Fire Department. Um, I mean, incredible, incredible. And you know, if you're into the fire service like, uh, like many of you watching are, I, I, I can't see a reason not to be here to see this stuff. Great. What is this? Um, this is a relay station. Uh, for larger cities, when a, a, an alarm box was pulled, the alarm would come into he, here on one side and trip the relays that would uh, send the alarm out to the um, indicators and the gongs. Wow. So, this uh, is incredible. Yeah. And how, how, did you, how did you obtain this? That was part of the collection that Ernie Day wow. uh, donated so, so to now the it, state. It really starts to make sense about how 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 much he impacted uh, this this museum. It's amazing. Oh, he he certainly did. Uh, yeah, it's incredible. A lot of the equipment that's outside and a lot of things that are in here came from him. So the so. purpose of this room really is is what education, a remembrance. Like, what would you yeah. say the the impact? Well, of this room it, it is a combination. We uh, have old, uh, old items that uh, you know, provide a, a picture of the history, but we also do uh, have some exhibits that are designed to educate. So we, we do a little bit of both. Again, you know, this room has so many things to offer. Uh, again, I, I can't stress this enough that make sure you get here, contact the museum, Get a field trip, trip together for your cadets, your explorer post, or, or even your new members, you know, and get it here and take a look at uh, what this museum has to offer. 
and and really the amount of dedication that went into this, uh, the amount of hours uh, away from their families and, and, and all, all for free uh, is incredible. So thank you very much for showing me this uh, awesome room. And again, we'll uh, show all the photographs that we were able to capture here today and put this into the show to show everybody. It's cool that you're able to preserve some of this old gear. I mean, I'm dating myself again, but this is literally the jacket I was issued when I was a junior member uh, at my first company. So uh, I remember this, I remember the corduroy collar, you know, the single tape, uh, this is incredible. Yeah, and this guy uh, has been crawling around a bit, yeah. so uh, his knees are, are worn out, and he has the uh, breathing apparatus on, and, yeah. and the face. This is, I was telling you about that, that's what I had. All right, I'm back here with Judy, and we're at the entrance to the museum, but this is also the Ernest Day Memorial Hallway. Right. And you guys are putting on a, 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 a putting together a very nice display for for Ernie Day. Why don't you go ahead and tell me who uh, who Ernie Day was? Ernie Day was a collector, and he also sold, as you can see, fire trucks. And it's his collection that we start the museum started with. A lot of it you've seen outside in wow. the building, the and some of the stuff that's inside here that you're going to see shortly. So uh, when Ernie Day decided he was going to donate the whole thing to the state of New Jersey, right. with the approval, I mean, that they had to make a museum okay. and dedicate it. And that's what so we're So that's here how for. this started. That's how it started with the Ernie Day collection. And then a lot of the other collections have come from fire departments, from our members, from all over. Because when people found out we had a museum, they wanted to get their stuff preserved. Right. So that's how things are evalu you know, evolving and just... Right. So you guys are really trying to preserve his legacy yes. with the displays and yes. it's a work in progress, but you guys are, are building on it and some of his from uh, trucks from his equipment company and his, his company, which is very cool. So we have a lot more stuff to go in. Right. And as you can see on the hallway right here, uh, we have a young lady who did the, the painting, the artwork, and she also listed all the courage and dedication and for firefighters. Great. This is Ernie Day, and this is going to be specific things that were given to him. Okay. Okay. This was from the Senate, and it's a recognition. Wow. And it's from 1977. You guys got that all framed up nice. That's, yeah, that's we have amazing. a lot of the stuff upstairs because in the art area where I am, because it has to be preserved. And you were telling me you've actually been taking classes on, on how to preserve some of these documents oh, yes. and artwork, which oh, is yeah. awesome. Okay, and then these are just some of the examples of pictures of Ernie Days himself. Wow. And as you can see, this is the sketch of how it's going to be set up. That's awesome. I'm sure a, a lot of time goes into preserving these documents, right? And getting them all Yeah, and set this up. was just the one we have just acquired. And this was the uh, resolution. Wow. To support the museum and Fallen Firefighter Memorial. It became one whole package. That's great. And that's why we have the memorial that you can see outside. Great. All right, now, Judy, we are at the display of the New Jersey Fallen Firefighters Memorial. So this, the actual display is outside, correct? Yes, sir. You have uh, steel from the World Trade Center. Yes, sir. And, and here's the sign that states it, covers it. Give it to you. In there. 
And now, obviously, that's pretty heavy. Who got that here? How'd you guys get that here? Kylie Construction. Kylie actually, Construction. Actually transported it from New York to their yard in uh, Wall Township. Okay. And then when we had permission to put it at a museum that was in the lower end of the state mm -hmm. temporarily, they moved it again. Wow. And then when we were got this place and we were allowed to put our memorial in, they went down and picked it up and brought it here. Wow, that's amazing. So they've been very supportive. That's great. It's good to have that help. And I noticed you have these these uh, nice memorial bricks here. Why don't you tell us about them? Okay, they're single and there's double ones. Okay. Okay. Um, 150 for the small one, okay. 350 for the larger one. Okay. And you can put whatever you want on it. We have them done. Uh, they are then possession of the museum. Okay. Okay. So we have applications. Anybody can purchase them. Uh, they can do line of duty. And line of duty, we have a memorial service every September okay. with our open house where we recognize the line of duty from the prior year. Because it takes a while for it to go through legislation, so we really can't commit to 2020. Right. Now, are you guys having a, uh, an open house this year? September 27th. Okay. Uh, starts at 10 o'clock. Okay. The memorial service is at 1, and it is represented by uh, the members from the National Fallen Firefighter Foundation that are part of New Jersey. Great. So they That's will awesome. be here, too. Well, Judy, I appreciate you uh, showing us all the memorial stuff out here, and we'll see a little bit more outside. Okay, and if you look along the hallway, there's some pictures. This is Ernie Day's area. Right. Okay, we're honoring him and the collection, plus all the collection that we've acquired since then. That's great. Well, it's great to see that you guys are, are preserving his legacy, and uh, I know me and Frank will be looking forward to coming back and seeing how you guys evolve and progress. So thank you, Judy. Well, I hope to see you at Open House. <laughs> see you there. Now, Judy, real quick, as we were leaving the memorial section to, to walk back, I noticed this on the wall here, and it kind of caught my eye. It's it's a big picture, and it's got Ernest Day's name and a, and a bunch of photographs of him, but I hear there's an interesting story behind this. Why don't you tell us how this, how this picture was acquired? Actually, this is a collage, and it goes back to uh, Ernie Day, if you look at it way back in the beginning. And uh, he was a very uh, prominent known person in New Jersey, did a lot for the fire service. And one of our board members was at a flea market and spotted this. And of course, the guy that had it didn't know what it was. He just wanted to get rid of it. So uh, Ed bought it and here we are. Okay. And it's the full, goes back to his wife when they were married, when they were younger. And uh, it's just a very interesting piece. No, no better picture to, to make his hallway. No. I, I mean, this, this kind of tells a story of his life. I mean, it goes yeah. all over, uh, you know, work, hobbies. I see a boat, back to school, you know, Christmas. It's, that's really cool. And, and you guys are lucky that, that, you know, you guys knew yeah. to, to spot it. That's awesome. Well, thank you for telling me about that. Thank you. Okay, so we're back outside again. We're gonna wrap up here after seeing everything we saw inside, which is uh, phenomenal. Uh, I can't thank you guys enough for allowing us to be part of this and seeing uh, the amazing history that's captured in that building. Uh, from the outside, it looks like a, a block building. From the inside, 
totally different story. So, so again, thank you for that. But this truck in particular, um, there's something special about this truck for you too. And what is that? Um, it, it was just a, a, a like the redheaded stepchild, you know, of the fire truck. <laughs> the slime green, nobody wants it. You know, it was stuck in the back, and uh, you know, it was, it was just sitting there, and it was a mess. And uh, you know, I started playing around one day, polishing it up. It got brighter and brighter. I'm like, wow, this thing really looks uh, like a diamond decent. in a rough. You, you ain't kidding. Yeah, yeah. He took pictures. Yeah. Look at the difference, and then yeah. and uh, we just a little more, a little more. You know, I bought uh, polish and stuff. We just took it all over, and uh, the, the shine came up. The, the truck is great. We painted the wheels. We just progressed and progressed. You know, it's all new aluminum diamond plate. You know, you walk over here. We put. Uh, you know, we did all the woodwork. It's got the crash suits in there that they, they wore. We put all the air packs back. We found the gear, Union Carbide. This truck never left the, the factory, really. You know, it's a yard truck. I think top speed is 35 miles an hour. Um, it's about 4,000 miles on the truck originally. You know, back here, we did all, everything was damaged, rusted. This is all brand new. We fabricated it here. We pulled off the hose reel, sandblasted it. Put it all painted it put it all back so appearance wise it, you know it's an eye catcher now because one the color some people love it some people hate it um but it, it just goes to show you that you can do things and restore the truck bring them back um we have other trucks in there that would start to restore and uh, we're not talking about ground up restoration simple restoration bring it back People go, ooh, ah, uh, and, and that's really the case. Well, like you said, brother, the, the when we walk this way, you see the, the color of this. Oh, yeah. You know, when you first look at the color of the truck that's in the bay. Right. That's that's no good. It's all messed up. You know, they're telling me it looked like that. Yes. And then it, you turned it into this, which is yeah. good. We'll just continue to walk this way because everything I'm noticing that, that you said it before, you said the little things. Yeah. Like painting the rim. Yep. Right? It's white now it's very yeah. noticeable all the packs look great on there i, yeah. I love that you got the logos we do on the packs the, you know again it, all the simple stuff right right all new woodwork you know we put the things in here it uh it comes out it you looks know, great it, it's, come about cleaning that out <laughs> set my daughter in that space right now oh you yeah. did yeah. yeah my uh my youngest daughter my only daughter she was inside here she cleaned <laughs> it all out uh cleaned it all up but there's no damage in here. That this again, you know, this was a diamond in the rough, but uh, right. mixed, mixed and matched the uh, paint and slime green. We painted everything. Um, it came out great. But and, and one thing we'll talk about, brother, is the fact that um, you know a little bit about pride, and you know a little bit about keeping your house clear and making yep. sure that everything looks right. And that is because you retired from FDNY. Yeah, I, so, I spent uh, you know time in the city. I was a volunteer in Long Island and moved down here to Jersey. Volunteered down here. And uh, now I'm doing this. You know, this is fun. What's it like for you, brother, to be uh, retired from the FDNY and, and then have a, an amazing career and then move on to this? I mean, this is obviously in your, in your heart, right? Yeah, this is, this is like heaven in a way. You know, you come down here. I can play with something from the 1800s all the way up to 1990s right. and go back and forth and, and, and actually drive them, operate them, and picture yourself you know pulling that hand-drawn wagon right and right. say guys really did this you know it's amazing right and and then if you really look at it how nothing changes 
Right. We're still putting water on fire. Exactly. 200 years ago, they're yep. putting water on fire. We're still using the same hose, same nozzle, same technology. Safety's gotten a lot better. Right. But, uh, you know, when they say men were men, you ain't kidding. Iron men. Yeah. <laughs> Iron men. And it, that's why they talk about the Iron Men uh, era, because that's exactly yeah. what this is. Yeah. But it's interesting to, uh, to see all this stuff. And I love talking to guys like yourself, brother, because you are personally entwined in all this. Yeah. You know, so for you to come here, it tells me a few things about you, and I don't know you. The first thing it tells me is that you love the job, right? Yeah, it is no better job in the world. No, you it's know? like punching, it's like winning yeah. the lottery. I mean, we're, we're in reality, where can you drive the wrong way down the street, get out of the truck, break windows, have fun, go back to the kitchen, <laughs> right? And have uh, a better time in the kitchen. The just kitchen, right? That's it. Is there anything yeah. better, brother? Yeah, it, it's great. You and know? the other thing it tells me about you is that you have a lot of passion uh, for what you do, and I love the fact that my, you know, yeah, my wife, wife's my involved, family's your involved. daughter's involved. Yeah. It's, it's, it's great, man. And yeah. uh, that's what's so special about this place. And that, that's why it's an honor to be here. Uh, but I appreciate you telling me a little about your, your hard work and your uh, arm strong you put into this. Yeah. But it's fun. You know, <laughs> it it's, fun. this is not a job. This is a, this is, uh, it's a hobby. Right. You know, it, it's relaxation. You know, like I said, you come down here and say, I'm going to play around with an 1800s vehicle. And then you come back and I'm going to go drive someone with air conditioning and power steering. It, you go from one end to the other. It's yeah, great. It really is. And I'll tell you what, you talk about dedication. It's 100 degrees out here, ladies and gentlemen. Just <laughs> yeah. so you know, it's 100 degrees and it's a summer day in 2020. And what a 2020 this has been. So f to be outside and to be involved in this is just, uh, it's, uh, it's awesome. So once again, thank you, brother. You got it. I appreciate it, man.